0: What's happening, hardscapers? This is the How to Hardscape podcast, where we talk about how you can start and grow your hardscaping business. And today we are joined by Jeff Cunningham. He is the Ontario Sales Manager for Alliance, who are the creators of the GatorBase, the subject of this interview. And this is actually a revised interview. Back in 2019, when we were setting up the How to Hardscape podcast, I wanted to have GatorBase to be one of the first episodes on the show. So they were one of the first ones that I reached out to. I interviewed Jeff and that episode released sometime a few episodes into our launch back in October 2019. We just felt that we could update that, add some more information about GatorBase through this interview. And really fine-tune this interview so that you can get a lot of value packed into this episode. So without further ado, here's our interview with Jeff. Today we're joined by Jeff Cunningham. He is the Ontario Sales Manager for Alliance, who are the creators of the Gator Basin, one-third of the Alliance Gator Ontario team on Instagram. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Hey, Michael. Thanks for having me. You're doing a great job with this. Keep it up.
0: I appreciate it. And we're having you back Uh, We actually had you back on early in the show to talk about GatorBase, and we're having you back on to do a re-record to improve some audio quality and to get some more information out there about GatorBase and about some uh, new things that that, uh, have been discovered with GatorBase. Obviously, it's an incredible product, and we want to get it out there into more people's ears as best we can uh, to help them grow their business, because it definitely has been a great tool in my business. But before we get started, Jeff, can you give us a little bit of a background about yourself, how you got started in the industry and what brought you to Alliance?
1: Okay, long story short, I was in the golf industry uh, right out of high school. Actually, my, my family owned a golf course and I knew nothing other than working outside on a golf course. So a lot of pushing mowers and weed eaters and all that sort of stuff. And then I took it seriously and went to school for it and decided to go down the road to become a golf course superintendent. And uh, I went to University of Guelph, got my degree, all that, and I'm ready to go down my career path. And I landed at a golf course that was a a very young golf course developing, didn't even have a clubhouse and no parking lot or anything, no landscaping. And we saw all that through succession. And um, I put my hand up and said I would learn the industry and uh, connected with paver reps and got kind of acquainted with it. And we had some really good, talented people on our staff. We had all the right equipment. Uh, we spared no expense. It was the Granite Golf Club in Stoville. So it's not a Ma and Pa. This is, we're talking like a very exclusive country club in this country, very well known. So uh, I don't know if we knew what we were doing, but we, we did our best and we landscaped the whole thing and we like, it was unbelievable what we did, Mike, to be honest. And I still go back time to time and check up on my work and still doing well <laughs> so I uh, I then fell in love with landscaping you know just um, a variety of do, doing different things and stuff and um, I still miss golf I love golf I'm a golfer but I decided to get out of the golf industry and open my own landscape company and I did, uh, didn't know what I was doing going into business for myself it was very overwhelming I was in 2008 so I decided to open my company in the peak of a recession <laughs> But uh, my clients were Granite Club members. I told them what I was doing and they were happy to hire me. And so I was doing a lot of my work in downtown Toronto and I would take anything and everything from a $5,000 job up to a you know $100,000 job. Uh, and I learned my lessons along the way. I wasn't very good at operating a business. I came to find out I owed a lot of money to the Canada Revenue Agency after a couple of years. <laughs> I was trying to, oh man, looking back on it, I'm going down memory lane here. I don't want to go too off topic, but I just had like a, a F 250 and a dump trailer. There was no MT 85s or specialized equipment. I was renting everything and just like any typical landscaper starting out. So that's how it started and did pretty well, I think. Um, uh, got connected with some reps and then um, I ended up at Alliance. Uh, it's been seven years now in the Alliance.
0: Let's start getting into this product called Gator Base that uh, came onto my radar, I guess uh, somewhere around 2017. And uh, can you talk to us? What is Gator Base? What is it? Can you give us a little bit of background information on this?
1: Yeah. So Gator Base, it's it's called uh, polypropylene. So it's it's made of polypropylene. What it is is I got a piece. I'm never far without a piece of Gator Base, as you know. But um, it's polypropylene is a fancy word for very strong foam. It's not a pie in the sky product that we just decided to come up with. It's actually been in the civil engineering, civil engineering world for decades. They've been building like bridge abutments up to bridges and uh, you know, the ramps and for on-ramps and off-ramps overpasses, they're all built out of geofoam blocks. And now you can see houses and commercial buildings built out of geofoam blocks. So foam being used widely around many civil engineering projects. This was an idea we took. We had to make it more dense uh, and we studied it and put it in the field and did a bunch of engineering reports and um, it was exceeding expectations and that's how it came to uh, the landscape industry. So I'd like to maybe talk quickly about the engineering and how it performs so people get the concept of how how it works.
0: Please do. Absolutely.
1: So... It's not just foam, it's strong foam, but it has three primary characteristics to how it performs in the landscape environment. So the number one is, let's talk foam. We're already there. It's a great insulator. So it provides freeze-thaw protection. So Mike, you've done enough gator-based work. You're from Canada, you live in Ontario, as do I, but this is a Canadian product that's meant for anywhere with freeze thaw cycles and obviously it's going to excel throughout the United States and pass the Mason-Dixon line down into the south and it's great for many purposes but a huge huge feature of it is its freeze thaw protection. So uh, if you think of a cooler the objective of a cooler whether you want to keep something hot or a thermos hot or cool it's to limit the transfer of whatever's on the outside in right. If you want to keep your coffee cold You got it in the Yeti, you don't want it, you're losing the heat, so to speak. So if you think of a gator-based job, what is it doing? It's protecting the ground temperatures, the ambient temperatures from escaping or limiting their ability to escape and preventing the cold temperatures from transferring through. So it's now becoming a physical barrier, holding the ground temperatures and blocking the cold temperatures. At some point in time, you go deep enough into a Canadian winter, you're gonna get some frost built up under there, That's good. Reverse that theory again. Now you're using the gator base to hold the frost in longer. So instead of having active movement, frost and thaw cycles, which we can get a lot of, right? You'll have a stable environment that's not moving underneath your hardscape project. And then when the spring temperatures of the spring melt comes, wherever you are, wherever your region is, the frost will be released in one controlled release. So Gator-based jobs essentially don't move. We we don't see gator-based jobs move at all, Michael. The other two um, primary functions is its density. It's strong enough to support a pedestrian walkway or patio. Um, Walls as well, we'll get into walls here in a bit. That's a new discovery um, we've come to learn recently and uh, it's displacement. So it's displacement is key because they're, they're big panels. They all interlock with a tongue and groove system. I physically connect on that tongue and groove there, and once you have them all connected, you have a sub floor that's supporting your whole project. So, those three primary things insulation, density, and displacement that's uh, those are the key features to how it works and the engineering behind it.
0: So, let's talk about. Uh, I mentioned that I only came, uh, it, it only crossed my mind, you know, Gator Base when I was working at a supplier that. Uh, Actually, Paul came in and explained Gator Base to me, and uh, that's where I kind of fell in love with the product. And uh, can you talk about, you know, uh, the how the industry has embraced this product? How much has been installed of this product? Where it's used? You mentioned North America, especially uh, in, in those climates that experience those freeze thaw cycles.
1: It came from humble beginnings, like any rep you met, Paul. It's kind of like, uh, hey, we've got this product. Do you want to try it? You know, and where we started, and I've been around since Gator Base started with Alliance, it uh was a challenge because we've all been doing things a certain way and the industry has evolved so much. If anybody's listening to your podcasts, you know, they can follow the timeline from going away from densely graded aggregates, still widely used, almost completely away from using screenings altogether, thank God, and into open graded base materials and and the acceptance of uh geofoam construction and different ways of doing construction. So now it's becoming more, more widely accepted. So seven, um, seven years in, uh, last year we had 7 million square feet under our belts across North America. And um, our goal every year uh, is to grow GatorBase at least 50%. So come end of next year, we're hoping to be around 10 to 10 and a half million square feet in the ground. And uh, the shocking thing is we have never heard of a callback or a failure and um, we're pretty close to the phones, as you know, Uh, you probably would have heard of it uh, or somebody would be talking about it or a dealer or we just have nobody's told us about a gator base failure.
0: That's that's incredible in and of itself. Uh, Seven years in no failures, Uh, seven million installed last year. 7 million square feet is uh, uh,
1: n- not just last year, 7 million up. So it was 7 million square feet uh, at the end of that year. So it took a lot right. of little steps to get there, but right. we did, a, we did about a million and a half last year
0: in total. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Um, let's get into the benefits of GatorBase. Why somebody would even consider to take a step out there when it's their name on the line and to start installing GatorBase as a contractor.
1: The benefits. So, there's lots of benefits, and you really can't appreciate them until you do a gator based job yourself, so maybe I'll pull on you here a bit, but i'll I'll go on my rambling spiel and we could we could do a roundtable but <laughs> um jobs uh so now we've we've really intimately know Gator base so well we can talk confidently about numbers and being talking to contractors all over the place that we know jobs are being done twenty percent faster so if you take a five day work week, let's say you can do four jobs or save 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 one day let's say right you can get build that one job in four days as opposed to five days so with 20% more time you do what you want with 20% more time um maybe you're going to bang out some more jobs or maybe you got you got behind on your schedule i don't know what whatever you want to do with 20% it's someone's going to give you 20% would you take it okay. so that's a big thing uh Contractors that really know their numbers report that uh, they can save up to 50% labor savings. I don't know any market that's not challenged by uh, labor issues right now. So um, if you can save on your labor, which is the most expensive component of construction, regardless of landscaping, whatever it is, then uh, would you like to save on labor?
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Okay. So... You can build a job faster and you can save some money on labor. That's great. So, what are the benefits with a Gator Base job? Well, once you got this Gator Base all down on the job, your job essentially is now protected. It's like you have an insurance policy on this project on so many levels. You can, if, if your Gator Base is down and you've got the pavers ready to go that day, um, everything's in stride. You can now start staging your pavers wherever you want you could be only almost careless with that you know what that's like michael you can you can stage them wherever you can slide them into place which is a, is a totally foreign concept to anybody that's been in this business long enough you can't slide pavers into place right you can with gator base and um i will say I don't want to go off topic but when you're Sliding pavers into place, meaning they're right directly on top of gator base. You got to be working with a paver that's really tight in tolerance, right? So it's got to be very true and consistent in tolerance. So we all know those paver manufacturers that make tight pavers and what's within tolerance. And if they're not within tolerance, that's okay. You can put a screed layer of sand on top of gator base. Let's say for uh, even natural stone, wet cast slabs, something that the tolerance is off a little bit. You can still lay them on top of gator base. You just need some sand to level out those um, inconsistencies or whatever you want to call it in the manufacturing process. Now, so that's step, stage and slide, right? So that's kind of neat, all all cool stuff. But now what about keeping your job site cleaner? Let's say you're working in the fall and the trees are dropping pine needles or leaves and stuff. Well, you could just get your blower and blow it off. You can't do that with any aggregate or screed layer, especially when you got it all nice and clean and perfect. if it rains, gator base protects it from rain and erosion. If uh, the cust, if you left the gator base throughout the project, you went home for the night, and your plan is to lay pavers the next day, and you told the customer to keep their dog off the patio, but it's human nature to open the patio when the dog has to go do its business. <laughs> no problem. If you're like my little guy, and my backyard took me I, like six months to build because I've got another job, uh, he rode his tricycle on my gator base for weeks, you know, (laughs) it's little things like that. I'm telling you, it's like nuts. So it's cool. And then you can, you can build later into the season too, which is really neat. So it's something we've been talking a lot more about, especially with our, uh, clients that are in, you know, regions that are affected by winter. So if you can extend your season even further, I think, uh, people are looking for that option. Um, if you can make enough money, not have to do snow plowing, that seems like uh, a good option for a lot of contractors. So we have certain contractors in say, the Northeast US and the Midwest where winter's not too, too long, maybe even around the Niagara region of Ontario, it's pretty temperate. They can build all year long, essentially, just take Christmas, New Year's off and get back at it somewhere in January, February.
0: That's huge, especially for myself that never wants to get into snow plowing. Uh, I've done it once and never want to do it again. Uh, so to even my thought process this year was, especially with the product shortage, just try to get as many Gator base installs in the ground, wait for that product to come and and just start installing, especially with the mild winter that we had. I mean, that, that seems like a great way to approach this moving forward. I agree.
1: I agree. Cause, uh, whether it was my job that took six months and I just had to pick away at it I got into periods where I just shoveled the snow off and I kept building or it's what you just said there was a paver shortage and you had to keep the production going well you could get your gator base job done and just wait for the pavers to show up now if you're going to do that Augusta Wind could pick up your entire gator base job so just be mindful that these are very lightweight panels that uh probably a good idea to put some ballasts around the outside and know they're all physically connected but put a few weights down just to you know pavers or stones rocks whatever you can find angle iron, whatever, just put it down to, to weigh them down. And then when the pavers show up, you can start laying pavers.
0: Now, I'm a big fan of talking about the best system suited for the job. So, uh, database isn't for everything. So can we talk about what it is for and what the best scenarios, applications of it for?
1: Tight access is it's home run application. Like the very worst, like on rooftops of, uh, condominiums, we've done tons of those. Uh, right through someone's front door, through their family room, through the kitchen and into the back where there is no access of, uh, you know, town row row home complexes and and stuff like that. Um, You know, walkouts that are a challenge with slopes that are going way down to the backyard. So tight access and or just uh, a challenge to move machinery around. That's where it really excels. And um, we've seen it on everything where you could get a a 10-ton excavator into those jobs. It just depends how comfortable you become with with the product itself. I'll say this much. I never did own a piece of equipment, but when I rented them, that's very expensive to rent, um, but also gave me the utility to need something when I needed it as well. So if I could cut down on my rental fees on the equipment, then I would even have saved more money had I used Gator Base. And if I owned equipment, and it seems like everybody has the latest and greatest piece of equipment these days. If you can reduce the amount of hours on the machine, then you retain the equity in that piece of machine, right? which makes it more marketable to sell too. So um, think of Gator Base uh, not just for the tight access, but that's where it does excel. It's great for redos. You can do lift and relays where you're not too um, keen on giving a warranty on a lift and relay. You don't know what the base materials are like. Is there a geosynthetic under there? The geotextile is there is it all built on limestone screenings? You, you know, it's, it's ne- ne- I wouldn't say it's proper, but if you're going to be like, Hey, list customer, I'm going to give you the best option I can give you, um, then you could scrape out, you know, the depth of what you need for gator base and put maybe put down a geotextile at that point, put down a screen layer of something a sand or HPV. We'll talk about that. Gator base and the pavers, and then that way you can you and your customer can feel at ease that you did the best thing you could for lift and relay. Um, Seen a lot more around pools, uh, like redo on pools, not necessarily brand new pools, but like I I have a pool, it was built in the eighties and everything, the pool is great, but everything around was awful. So I just uh, put the gator base up to the concrete collar, put my coping around the concrete collar and everything beyond that is pavers and gave me a lot of, a lot of flexibility on that project. Um, And it's great for big cities where it's, tough to get in and out of a big city, you got to pull permissive stage materials. Um, you know, just being stuck on the highways in your crew is uh, getting back to labor, paying guys to be stuck in a truck and rush hour traffic is no good. So, I mean, that's where it excels is in the big cities as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And let's get into how to build a Gator Base project. What are the different elements in excavating, in compaction, uh, everything that goes into a Gator Base install. I know it's not uh, as, as uh, difficult as a traditional installation. So let's get into this.
1: So it won't be any different than a traditional installation other than you're just excavating about two thirds less. So it's still some digging required, whether you want to do it by hand or by machine. Uh, if we talk on averages, if you're working with a 60 mil paver for our metric friends or our imperial friends, two and three eighths, gator base plus a screed layer is another inch and a half. So you're looking at about a four inch excavation. If you're talking the same thickness of paver traditional ICPI states a minimum of um, a six inch aggregate base, which would be about a, a nine inch, nine plus inch excavation. So that's that's that point. So if we were Gator Base, we're at four inches of excavation. So you've excavated to haul away your uh, organics. You then compact your subsoils. This is probably the trickiest part because most of us landscapers are used to digging deep. So you really got to watch that you don't go too deep on a Gator Base job, especially on your first one. And if you want your hand held, we'll come out to your first install. We've been doing that. I think that's why Gator Base is now so popular Is reps across North America. I think there's 35 of us. Uh, we'll come to your first skater base job, but don't call us tomorrow. Call us, give us a bit of time. And we'd love to be there. We'd like to say we're an extension of your business. Um, so we'll help you through that. And you really got to get your subgrades like pitched almost perfectly in the way you want water sloped in the way you want your pavers finished. So that's a bit of a trick as well. So just little things you get used to, but after you get used to, it, it's not a big deal. So you compact your sub soils and then you put down a, Geotextile. At this point, you would put down a geotextile on a traditional job or a gator based job. We say non woven because we really would like to see the water, uh, if it's going to get through the pavers, through the gator base, through your screed layer, it'd be nice to see it evacuate best it can. And it would be better to go through a non woven as opposed to a woven. Uh, water will get through a woven just not as easily. After that, geotextile, you have screed options. The only two screed options we endorse is um, a concrete sand or a screed sand, commonly known as the uh, C33 sand. So it's a bit pebbly. It's not a masonry sand. And uh, it's, it's what we started with. It's great. It's the ICPI um, screed layer material that they endorse. But uh, with a gator base job, you have to compact that sand prior to putting down the gator base panels. So if we're talking hardscape, Hardscaper to hardscaper here. You just got all the sand screeded perfectly, and you now compacted it. It's probably not going to be that perfect anymore. You're going to have ruts and stuff from the compactor, right? So you didn't have to kind of screed it again. So we've seen an evolution to um, open graded chipstone, like a quarter inch chipstone, which is an ASTM number nine stone. Uh, It's called many things in different markets. Some have trade names in Ontario. uh, There's one commonly known as HPB. I'm just telling if a contractor is listening to this, they can go to any one of their suppliers or any quarry and ask for a quarter inch clear chip. If it meets ASTM number nine gradation, that's what you want because you can screed it out and you don't have to compact it. It's perfect. Then the gator base goes down, then your pavers go down. And then um, you can put down, we have edging options we can talk about that now. Do you want to, or do you want to?
0: Yeah, once you put those panels down, can we can we quickly get into the orientation so that everybody knows yes. kind of how that goes?
1: Thanks for keeping me on point. So um, the orientation trick, if you look at a piece of gator base, there's uh, two actual gator faces on the panels themselves. One's in a, um, a portrait. And then if you flip the panel over, it'll be on a landscape uh, mode. So there's a visual trick to that. And um, when you put them down, you always want the, the tongue and groove system to be to be up. You want that, that to be up in the direction you're headed. So it's easier to connect the next piece down as opposed to if it was underneath in the direction you're headed, we're going, we're going this way. You'd have to come underneath and, and, and connect each time, potentially uh, messing up your screen layer, that's perfect. So that's a trick and keeping the faces in the same direction that you're headed is 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 the visual trick that you were talking about you want to stay stagger your panels like a 50 percent offset uh best you can you know sometimes it might be a one-third two-third offset whatever the case you may change the orientation of the panels from one landscape to one uh, portrait whatever uh, as long as they're staggered seams so if it's a perfect world and you go full panels from right to left the next row you would cut one in half put down the half and then you go full panel. And then at the end, you'd go put that other half and so on and so forth all the way.
0: Getting into once the pavers are laid on top, we talked about the benefits of actually being able to stage, slide uh, those pavers. Those pavers are installed. Uh, polymer, or uh, yeah, I guess we'd be, we, we would get into uh, edging. So different edging options for it.
1: We make our own edging. We have um, various types of plastic edging with standard paver edging, right? And then uh, if you're using... Thinner products, porcelain tile. We have a porcelain tile systems, uh, specific components for porcelain tile. You can look into that later. Um, natural stone options, let's say, or even thin 45 mil, 50 mil slabs. We have thinner plastic uh, edging options. And uh, we used to say, just use your standard tendon spikes. But what we found was the spikes actually aren't physically holding into anything structural below a gator base job. So we developed these uh, gator screws and they're actually this is our standard gator edge this is a flex it doesn't have the ribbon there you can have them with a the rib to make it a rigid this would be a flex version and you just push the screws through the gator base it's kind of got like a like a bullet start just push them through and then you hit them with a uh with a drill and you'll hear the drill clutch out and uh, you know that sound and uh, that's when you know you've opened them enough and uh, they've grabbed a hold, and you cannot physically remove a piece of edge ever again. I mean, so frustrating. You finished a beautiful job, and a year or two later, the frost has pushed your spikes up and your edge restraint. It's pretty unsightly. And um, visually, I can't present it to you here, but we do now uh, have a new edge restraint um, with the introduction and growth and interest of uh, the hybrid open graded construction that we have extreme edge, which is our uh, fiber reinforced polymer modified concrete edge restraint. It does not go on top of the gator base like the plastic edge restraint does. We actually would cut the gator base flush with the pavers, undermine the um, screen material that you have underneath by about an inch and then put down the extreme edge. The extreme edge will then obviously retain the pavers And then there will be a shelf underneath holding the gator base and the gator base will be retained by the concrete as well. Interesting enough, I just did a test the other day. I was building a little demo and because it's a gator base job, you only have, we'll go back to this again. You only have the, the paver, the gator base, the screed layer, and then the geotextile, right? Well, the extreme edge that I did on this demo was attached now to the geotextile like physically couldn't get it apart. And, um, yeah. So now think about that. <laughs> you got a, you get know, a whole project. That's just tied in laterally on all sides. Pretty cool. Ah,
0: that's That's interesting. Uh, yeah. So edging, then comes the polymeric sand. Uh, and I know that you guys also have a new jointing compound on the market as well. Can, can both of these sands be used in, in the Gator base install? Yep.
1: Yeah. Any of the Alliance polymeric sands can be used and, um, you still got to apply your compaction equipment to consolidate the sand in the place. So nothing changes. It's just follow the instructions that are on the bag, same instructions that you would do for a traditional install. And then we, uh, we have nitro now, which is um, we needed that. It was, it's a great addition to our lineup. Nitro is our uh, resin based Um, call it uh, rain or shine compound. It's a, it's a wet, wet compound material. And the, you know, obviously we all know what the benefits are of these. There's multiples on the market. And the great thing is that you can put them in rain or shine. So yeah, they work with a gator base job. They are uh, semi-permeable to a point where water will go through as long as you're maintaining the permeability of that product. And if the water is going through the pavers, through the nitro, through the gator base, that's the importance of making sure that your uh, sub excavation, right? Your sub base is is, uh, pitched at the right slope for water then to to sheath off or, or escape the project just uh, at some point we can cover walls as well. Cause if we're talking construction, we can talk walls as well.
0: Right. And I don't think we got into the actual, the gator base unit itself has those drainage holes. Uh, can you speak a little bit about that? Why uh, we would want those drainage holes in the gator base itself?
1: We want to uh, this gator base to be able to drain if water ever got between the pavers uh, and the gator base so there's drain lines that are in the gator base that allow the water they're on a one degree slope sorry one percent slope to allow water to get to the va- evacuation holes and um, I mean uh, keeping water tied up in a projects never a good thing it's going to cause efflorescence issues it costs more freeze thaw cycles it's uh, it's just not a good thing you know polysand needs to be able to dry out it cannot perform properly unless polysand is physically able to dry out so that's the importance of the drainage holes
0: and then the last thing you mentioned uh, earlier is that uh tongue and groove system that really uh sets skater base apart from other products i would say on the market to provide that lateral strength as you mentioned before
1: yeah once it's all together you can't physically separate them they're all they're all tied together
0: Absolutely. And, and talk about that the that uh, the wall building a wall on Gator base, can we do that? What about like a, a fire pit? Can we get into those? Can we, uh, can we start talking about these?
1: So leave it to uh, an industry of like uh, is I feel like this industry is uh, half engineer, half MacGyver, <laughs> you know, it's like you're on a job site and things evolve and something unexpected happened. And now you got to adjust. Well, Leave it to some pretty smart contractors to say, uh, I'm going to build a feature wall and then tell Alliance I did it and see what they think about it. Because that's what happened. Like contractors started doing it and we were like, um, I don't know if this is going to work. So we studied it and it works. So we will endorse up to an 18 inch seating wall, small garden retaining wall, feature wall. You know, you said fire pits, we'll talk about the limitations there. But yeah, you can certainly build something. Uh, that doesn't exceed 18 inches including you know even staircases so if you've got a you know a three rise staircase going in off the back of the patio into a house you could just build your staircase right on top of the gator base which is which is really neat so it gives gives you a little more flexibility and option and um going to be foreign for the contractors for sure because we're used to putting in a foundation layer of aggregates and then embedding um The bottom course or universal base unit in the ground and and that anchors the whole system. Well, we have you can go to make your lives easy, go to lineskater.com, download our technical data sheet on Gator Base, and you'll be able to see a cut sheet of how to uh, build a a wall in Gator Base. But essentially, it just goes down the same layer as you would the pavers. It needs to extend a bit further because the supporting footprint needs to be a bit further past a wall than it would be on uh, just the edge of of a patio. And you got to use. our edge restraint with the screws on there. And that's all part of building a wall properly on a gator base project.
0: Yeah. So the, with the patio, it would be uh, extending six inches past that last paver, the border paver, and then putting that edge restraint in with a wall, it would be paver wall, uh, then the edge restraint would go in behind the wall. And then how much further past that would the gator base extend?
1: 12 inches for a wall. Yeah, needs more support.
0: And uh, fire pits, what does that look like on Gator Base?
1: Nice segue. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Perfect timing.
1: That's what would happen if you built a fire pit on top of a Gator Base job because it'll catch on fire. <laughs> well, I tried it. Uh, so um, let's say it's a gas insert. No problem. Build Build your wall, put the gas insert in, insert in and, and it's. It, I don't know if you would call it plumbed, but it's plumbed with gas, and away you go. No problem. If it's wood burning, you need to take some precautions or measures to make sure that you're not melting the gator base. Uh, you could build your you know, your fire features, so to speak, and then fill it with something probably like sand, okay? Something that's going to dissipate the heat, and then put maybe a row of uh, fire bricks on top, refractory slabs that would be fine. Or you could just build a, uh, you could cut it out, put in a foundation layer of aggregates, build up, build the fire feature as you want. If it's sunken, like a sunken fire pit and then you can put your gator base on the outside of that fire pit and still have your patio. So the fire pits shouldn't limit your creativity with a gator base job.
0: So then that comes down to sales and selling a gator base job to a client. I know, uh, I've heard guys talk about this myself, uh, it, it uh, can be difficult if you don't know exactly what you're selling and if you're not confident about what you are selling to the customer. But can you talk about how you would sell GatorBase to a customer?
1: Like anything in life, they only believe you if you believe yourself, right? So um, if you haven't done a GatorBase job yet, that's your biggest hurdle is uh, having the leap of faith. So there's maybe... Might not say them all, but I'll think of the things that come to mind. You can network with other contractors. You could say that it's been seven years in the industry, over 7 million square feet installed. I'm going to build it to alliance specs. They'll back this 100%. They've never had a problem. I know other contractors that have done it. Paver manufacturers are standing behind it. You know, things like that, you could say. Uh, Homeowners in general, they would like to hear that you could build their job faster that they can enjoy their patio sooner that there'll be less damage to their property um and if you really know your numbers the ones that know gator base really well they know their numbers can be more competitive i'm i can come off a bit bombastic at times and it's only because i'm i've heard it too many times and now it i kind of get a bit brash but if you really know your numbers you can be competitive with gator base everybody says it's too expensive Yes, it's expensive. It is an expensive product. But if you take the cost comparative and analysis to every aspect of building a project traditionally, you always win with a based job. You'll always have more time on your hands and money saved. So I don't know, you want to pass some of those savings on to your client, maybe use them for an upsell. Say if I use GatorBase, I'll build you that pergola or that fire feature or the whatever, an upsell. I don't know take it and trade it in so to speak or keep it for yourself but um those are some things um consumers this day and age are educated they can probably find out more about Gatorbase than anyone else they, you know you, the dot com era youtube you can find out lots about Gatorbase they probably know a great deal about it when you walk in the door already and um they are not any of us myself yourself included are not foreign to new technologies um, you know, like, uh, I've got the latest and greatest iPhone because it has greater features than the last one. You know, so you can name anything in your life that, uh, the features and benefits outweigh the last way of doing something. And that's why you've adopted the technology. So if you just tell them that this is newer to the industry, but been around a long time and it's trusted and, and it's performing very well and all those things, I think they're going to Latch on to it. Just don't throw. The, we we make lots of marketing to help you guys. Just don't throw a panel and expect them to, uh, you know, trust it. You got to kind of talk about it a bit. I'll go to the kitchen table with you if you want.
0: Uh, yeah, I think I think we've covered uh, pretty much everything. Uh, I would say to the listener that you know this episode acts as education for yourself to to understand GatorBase a little bit more, plus all the content that you guys put out to be able to come to your customer confidently and say, this is uh, the best solution for your application, bring it to them and say that uh, present yourself as the professional and say, you know, this is the best app, best product for the application. And that's why I'm going to install it. And that's what this episode serves for. And, and Jeff, thank you for taking the time once again to, to join me here to do this.
1: I'm glad we did it again because uh, it was the last one was date stamped. I only said stuff about Ontario. This product's all across the United States. We're selling more and more every year. More and more people are trusting it. So I think we needed to redo it. I'm really happy you gave me that opportunity, Michael. Thanks and keep up the great work as always.
0: Anything else that you want our audience to know about GatorBase uh, on this episode? Uh, I know we didn't talk about pricing in terms of what GatorBase would cost people a square foot price. Um, I would say that, uh, like you said, GatorBase is... is um, bit more expensive than than a traditional base but it's that labor savings on top of that that's really going to push that price down so i don't know if you want to talk about uh pricing per square foot and anything else that you want to talk about gator base as we close out here sure
1: so numbers are all over the place depending on your company and the infrastructure that you carry overhead costs and stuff so it's not fair for me to say that it costs uh, this to replace that but gator base. Uh, depending on what side of the border you're from, we're talking US dollars, Canadian dollars, let's say on average about $3 a square foot ish. Okay, somewhere around there. Well, from what I've known and been told and come to understand, it costs about 3 to $4 per square foot to excavate 9 to 10 inches and replace with stone. So if the trade-off is about the same, but you can do a job 20% faster and save up to 50% labor savings, is it disputable at that point? Right. So I think that's where we got to get to is just understanding your costs and, um, and it's great. Have you got LMN or you got downloaded your, your templates and worksheets? You know, I mean, I, I think that then people will know their costs better, you know? So that's that part, um, you know, sh- shameful plug if I will, we are in Ontario, so we have our own Alliance page, uh, Team Ontario. You said I'm one third of it, which you're right. There's two other reps. So uh, Ryan Zulo is in uh, Eastern Ontario. He lives in Ottawa. Um, uh, sorry, Ryan Zulo, myself, and John Zimmerman. John Zimmerman's in Western Ontario. Went I went chronologically, I guess you could say, or geographically through the territory, and uh, I would have been a gentleman to put myself at the end there. But um, you know, we're across the United States as well, and we're in Europe as well. So. We have Alliance reps everywhere, just in North America, we have about 35. And, um, you know, if you wanna connect with us, it doesn't have to be on Instagram. It can be just going to your dealer and saying, who's my Alliance rep? And then that's a great way to connect. You know, you can find us on Instagram. I think almost all the Gator reps have Instagram now. It's a great platform for networking and sharing ideas as you've been doing, Michael, and and we continue to do it. And I created a Gator Base page uh, I got to get better at it. It's kind of in, a, in its infancy, but I'm just going to keep pumping GatorBase jobs up on there. So it's just at GatorBase and uh, let that serve being a testament um, and networking opportunity for you as well. If you see a Gator GatorBase job, it's probably done by a contractor and you might as well DM them and reach out and ask their own experience with GatorBase at that point.
0: Jeff, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Michael. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to today's podcast episode. Visit us at howtohardscape.com for more information on this subject. Let us know what you wanna learn about in future episodes by reaching out to us on our social channels. We are at howtohardscape on Facebook and Instagram or on email contact at howtohardscape.com. We'd love it if you subscribe to our podcast, left us a rating and review. This really helps to get this podcast out there into more people's ears and to attract some more great guests to deliver you more value. We look forward to meeting with you next week on the How to Hardscape podcast.